0: Gotta go. Yeah, I'll call you back. I'm with that real killing. Hi, I'm Michelle with and I am the host of the Realtor Lady podcast. And this podcast is an exploration of the real estate industry with the people who actually work in it. I talk with real estate agents from all across the US. We go over the similarities and the differences in our markets, all with the idea to better inform and give people a better idea of what's going on in the real estate market as it's changing. I also talk to vendors, lenders, and people who have other roles in the real estate community all to better give you an idea of what's going on. Think of it as kind of like real estate commentary instead of sports commentary. And if that's something that interests you and you like to follow the real estate market, tell your friends you can't talk right now because you are with The Realtor Lady. Hey, welcome to this week's episode. It is with Leslie Don Wilson of Home Smart Stars. He is in Houston, Texas, and I believe in Austin and Dallas as well. Leslie just gives such a great overview of Texas. I learned so much about builders, lending how their infrastructure has changed with all their new construction, which is so foreign to us here in Santa Cruz. We don't have a lot of new construction, so it's super interesting. If you're curious about Texas, this is the episode for you. And as always, please like, share, review, and subscribe. It really helps my podcast. Hi, welcome back. It's Michelle, the realtor lady. And today I am with Leslie Don Wilson from Homes. Hi smart stars I <laughs> tripped over that sorry uh he's with the texas pride realty group in texas and it says That's houston but i thought you were somewhere so, else
1: so we operate uh dallas houston and austin our team does which forced our broker okay. to join the mls and all those all the in the uh and the associations in all those cities <laughs> she's, happy oh, okay. she's happy to do it she's happy to do it
0: Oh okay okay. Um we are going to talk about the dark side of new construction and we're just going to jump right in and then we'll 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 backtrack for some history sure. uh your career and and how we came to uh record this podcast. So give me some uh give me some new construction stories. You know in Santa Cruz we don't have a lot. So I think this will be pretty fun.
1: So in Texas we have a lot of land. We're very spread out. Um Houston, and Houston area especially, like, I can get in Houston and I can drive at a reasonable speed for over an hour and still be in Houston. That's how big the Houston metro wow. area, the Houston area is. And if you count Houston metro area, it gets even bigger if you count the Harris County area. Um, so we do have a lot of land. So we do have a, we do tend to have a lot of new construction. Although, um, you know, in the past two years with COVID and supply chain, cost of supplies have gone up. uh Cost of The cost of labor has gone up, and that has kind of slowed it down a little bit. Um, when, when the market started really hit, heating up, I really would kind of say to my clients, hey, listen, I know this house is gonna get 20 offers, but if we go new construction, you're not gonna really compete. You're gonna lock that in, you're gonna go. And that kind of changed over the last two years. We can go new construction, but let's get something that's almost finished. And here's why. Here's where the horror stories come in. You can't lock in that price anymore. When you're signing that contract to have a house built from the ground up, that price is just what they're thinking it's going to cost. And you're Uh signing an amendment in that process that if you're not paying attention, if you don't have an agent representing you to read with you, um, they can adjust that price. And... We've had two of our team members in the last year, days before closing, one of them found out the contract price was $180,000 more than what they originally signed for. And they couldn't buy it. They could not afford it anymore. When I say $180,000 more, this was own, this was a $600,000 house that was now $780,000. Whoa. Oh, so.
0: Now, um, yeah, because there's not a cap in there, or, or could you negotiate a cap if they if had- If you're
1: paying attention. And okay. unfortunately, in these situations, both of these buyers put our agents down instead of having our agents go with them. They nice. went to the builder themselves and said, this is my agent. And they thought it was just going to be easy. And our, we train our agents. Listen, you go with them. You make this happen. You you can't let them go on their own. Unfortunately, and this has happened to me. I've had clients not even tell me they're looking for a home. And suddenly, um, I get a call from the builder. Hey, the home's almost finished. I have no idea. Um, and we, so we run into that situation where the price is not being locked in. The, and that is, I mean, literally, these people, they're basically at this point, they're, although they, you know, they're not going to be homeless, homeless, but are their other home is sold. They've been living in temporary arrangements, and now they have no place to go because they cannot afford the home because it's not in their price range anymore. Um, we also have a public, uh, it's called it's called a PID that communities are, are starting to build and actually there's a builder in, in uh, North Texas that is being sued this PID means that um, there are beyond your taxes they can add on to have things like roads and sidewalks and everything thing like that we had an entire um, community and you probably you probably know the builder these people were getting their taxes My tax is going to be $12,000. Oh, no, there's an additional $40,000 you have to pay. Which they would not have the money to do, which pushed them out. And by the way, there was one agent that bought in that community, but he knew. He knew to ask. But a lot of these people did not. And it became a huge issue. And the builder, of course, is being sued for it. Um, The other thing we found out as we go further is you you can't lock in a price. You really can't, locking in price is almost impossible. So I then started going to my clients, listen, if you want new construction, let's find something built from the ground that's already almost done, done or almost done. Again, if you're at the builder site and you find the home you want and it's almost done, you're not competing with 20 bids. You're not, you're not, you know, there's yeah. none of that going on. If the home is available, you know, it is, you can lock that down.
0: So your costs are kind so of, you know what's your cost? they're closer to being you done. What's your cost yeah
1: your are. Um, and then you're, if you're, if they're a month away from being built, they, they will most likely guarantee that price. Um, but if it's six months, it's nothing. The big, another big issue is using their lender, especially if you're using building from the ground up. We have one of our, our two of agents right now that have properties that have been under contract to be built from the ground up. And they used a private lender, not the builder's lender. These properties went under contract last August, September, and October. They're barely framed. The builder has completed other properties that came under contract, other because these builders are more mortgage companies than they are builders. That's where Ooh. they make their money, is, is they have their own mortgage company. And even though these buyers' lenders matched, what the other mortgage, co- the, the builder's mortgage company was doing, matched the, all the perks that they were giving. Um, right. Their money, their, their bigger portion of the money is coming from the mortgage, so they're stalling on the work. In the meantime, they, in, in, this, in these three situations, the price was locked. Well, now it costs more to build these homes. So now the builder doesn't want to complete it. The builder would rather the buyer back out And they can sell it now for another 100 grand more or even more than that if they complete it. So the builder is now going to lose money on these homes if the buyers hold them to the contract. And one of the contracts, and I don't know why, but one of the contracts, the builder has two years to finish the project. This is not a multimillion dollar home. This is not a mansion. The price point on that was six hundred thousand Two years, and that's I think the home's maybe 3,000 square feet. And that by the way, the other things builder in Texas aren't doing, you don't get choices. You do not get choices. You go to the you go to the development, you say, I would like a home here. This is well, this is the home we're building. These are the finishes that are going to be in it. Here are the colors. You can't choose a tile, a paint color, a light fixture, not even a door handle. Everything is already pre-chosen based upon the lot you're choosing to build on you don't get that choice. Um, I found one builder over, over the, and about three months ago that they will let you make some choices, but they also want you to put, this is, on a, this is on about a $550,000 bill. They also wanted you to put down an additional $50,000 for the option, just to have the option to make upgrades. And you would still be limited just to the what option. they can get. You would still be limited because remember we have a supply chain issue. We, you know, they're still working yeah. on the supply chain issue of getting these things in. So even then, you don't know exactly what you're going to get. They literally said you would be able to choose from this group. And we whatever we could get from that group of fixtures would be what you get. You couldn't choose specific ones from that group, which was a really weird thing. Um, then when you go into smaller time builders, they're being pushed out. They're struggling for money because... So a lot of them, they have to complete one or two homes before they can buy and build more. And we have seen a lot of them, they just have to stop building. I can show you, um, we actually are seeing foreclosures on incomplete in construction here because they can't afford to finish. Just lately? Yes. Yes. Um, because they can't afford to complete so, projects. Uh,
0: okay, so... um Wow. There's a lot to unpack there Mm -hmm. because you have the way that the builders are interacting with the consumer and they're not always being on the up and up or even finishing it. Then you have what you had talked to me earlier about how the construction itself is poor.
1: They are using cheaper products. Um, There's a builder that I've worked with for many years. I've sold several of their homes and it was a baseline product. It was an affordable build for most people. Well, they usually included wood floors or a nice tile. Now it's a very thin laminate, and you don't again you don't get the choice. It is a it is a very it's not even it's not even a, it is the low level laminate. <laughs> I mean, it is like hey, I I'm just I'm just trying to remake a, a you know a remodel a, you know a rental property you know that's durable but you know but no low this is a low end laminate but that they're putting in almost all of their product right now. And yeah, you can go in as far after the fact and upgrade it, but the materials are cheaper. Um, and they're short on labor. So a lot of times you, you will find that if you're walking through throughout the build as it's going from the ground up, you can see the mistakes. I'm not a builder, but I can see the mistakes being made. I can see the framework is not mm-hmm. touching, touching the foundation in some spaces. Like it's literally, it was swinging. There was a part that was swinging once, like, they, oh. they, they didn't seem to think that that was an issue, and I'm like, okay, but we, so we, wow. so we do see a lot of lower end materials being used, uh, a lot of corners being cut, and part of that has to do—they're cutting they're those corners because of the time it's taking to build these properties, the cost of the materials keep going up. And, you know, the joke is, you know, if you can afford a two by four, you're a millionaire at this point. You know, because because back in the day, two by four was, you know, four bucks. Now it's 18. So, wow. and, and that's just Texas prices. I, ha- I hate to imagine what California prices are. <laughs> I, don't,
0: I, don't, I don't know, but we just recently got told it was going down a bit. It actually was easing up a little bit.
1: Well, I'm glad it's easing up for y'all, but we are seeing such an influx of people to Texas. It is not helping. It is, and I'm glad we have the, pro, the place to probably build. But I, to give you an example, last year our property values uh, in, in the Houston metro area went up over 15% on average. And mm-hmm. our normal is 3%. That is our normal. And we do expect to see wow. that to come back down in the next year. But literally in that time, we have people going in, you know, 100, 200 grand over a $500,000 property that's listed. You know, it, a horror story. Uh, I know an agent in Dallas, her buyers are looking for new construction. Their budget's $1.2 million. And there's a, a couple of neighborhoods that they're looking in. And so she's calling the developers in those neighborhoods saying, hey, the developers in there, Hey, here's what we're looking for. You know, when are you going to have something? One <laughs> of the builders says, well, we're going to have a product that's going to come available in June. We're going to probably price it about $1.2 but we already have 140 people ready to bid on it.
0: <gasps> oh, my well, goodness. Well, our buyers,
1: their max is $1.2. You know that's going to go for $1.6 to $1.8 easily in that neighborhood. And by the way, by the time it's even finished, the builder may decide not even to put it uh, uh, put it out to be bid on in in, in, uh, in June. They may realize, hey, the cost of these materials may continue to go up and up and up. And in Texas, 1400000 point million, you're building a McMansion at that point. You know, In Texas, that, that is a, that's going to be a big house in a very nice neighborhood. Um, we're also seeing land builds, uh, land bids. Like developers now uh, going out there and, and take a number to bid on a lot. We've we seen news stories about people, wow. three, 400 people lining up to get a chance to bid on a lot in a development form.
0: wow so uh see, well, we don't we don't have a lot of it here because we don't really have any land not only that our resources are so so limited so so you guys have water and well we've heard a little bit about your power issues but you have water and infrastructure to support all this
1: um, we do. Uh, in, so in the Houston area, we have lots of lakes. They're really retention ponds because, you know, we flood. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Flooding, <laughs> we only had three 500 year floods in five Love years. it's it. okay. <laughs> but, um, so we, we do, we do have it. it. It's, it's, that's not really the issue. There's plenty of space. And we just can, we just keep building out and building out and building out. And you literally, especially like if you're in the Dallas Fort Worth area, If you start in Dallas, you can go a good, I don't know, 60 to 80 miles and not realize you're not in Dallas area because the the building, it just, it it all blends together. You have no idea you've left one city and gone to the next. Same thing in Houston. We have very little, as we, at the Houston greater metro area, as we build out now, now, there's no, there's no dead area where like, oh, look, just land. Now, when I go back and forth to Dallas, there are areas like that. But in this metro area, no. There's not, although you still can see some cows just driving around, cows and horses. <laughs> <laughs> but um, people are and do you have the corner? Do you have uh, do you
0: have jobs to support this? So we
1: do. Uh, we are going heavy. At, Texas is going heavy after tech. We're going right. after all the California tech industry. We actually, um, who was yeah, uh, I think it, HP. Left us about six years ago, and they just came back. Uh, they left Houston. And of course, you know Elon Musk is in Austin now with his Gigafactory, whatever it is, and he's about to start a whole other thing somewhere outside of Austin.
0: You, you, you can have him.
1: <laughs> Not necessarily, I don't necessarily want him. Um, <laughs> but, and Dallas is the same way. All, all, of, all of our mayors are going after the tech industry. And listen. The p- complaint people have here is that you California buyers driving up those prices because they're selling properties mm-hmm. there that are worth a lot more. They're coming here with cash in hand. And listen, I, our median price range here in Houston, the medium price range, not average, but the medians, about a little over 300000 dollars
0: Oh wow. And okay. it can
1: get you now, it's gonna be in it's gonna, gonna be in the loop in you know in the inner city part. Um but even in the inner city, I can get you, I can get you a home for you know five six hundred thousand dollars. And when you have someone coming from Silicon Valley or San Francisco or Los Angeles or Orange County, that <laughs> is nothing. They don't even blink an eye. And I love my California buyers because I've I've gotten many of them <laughs> like, they're so excited. I was like, This is what you get. I was like, yeah. I was like, Great. But yeah. So we we see that driving up the home prices and. I, I pulled uh, numbers earlier today because someone was asking. And for the last, I think it's like what, six months, seven months, except for December, uh, everything went for a hundred percent of list price or more. Right. Yeah, everything was going for hundred percent of list price. December actually had a drop; it went ninety-eight percent. And I, part of that is that new construction. They 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 have to close out that inventory. If they need to close out of them for tax reasons, so at the end of the year you can kind of get something out of right. that. But our issues really are is that we have people waiting for homes in new construction, and they're waiting a lot longer than they expected, and that is due to supply chain. That is due to if they didn't. It, I'm not. I'm. I can't say that the builders not treating treating them the same if they use a different lender than the builders. But we are seeing that effect. We are seeing. We are seeing that well, effect well, a lot.
0: It makes sense because that's how they would fund that next project. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you say there's a lot of uh, multiple offers on homes that aren't new. I mean, so so what do people do? I, if if they're kind of leery of the new construction, do they just go fight it out with the multiple offers on a kind of a better era built home or what, what do they do? Yeah,
1: I'm not saying I've done this. Okay, I've done this. We cast a net. <laughs> I, I like, I have uh, two buyers I'm working with right now. They don't want to see a property until they have an offer accepted. We are writing offers sight unseen. Right. One of them's all cash, They're, the buyers are all cash. Um, and they don't want to actually waste their time to go and look unless the offer is accepted. But now we also have agents like me, when it's my listing, I'm going to ask. How's your buyer? have yeah. you
0: seen it <laughs> That's
1: a little questionnaire I said no they see the property um and that makes a difference and honestly we have so many investors that are that are coming in because Houston is affordable it's it's even though our prices have gone up significantly in the past couple of years it's still one of the most affordable metropolitan areas in the country to live in it really is um but we have a lot of investors and a lot of the offers we're getting are are from you know LLCs, people you know private corporations. And a lot of those small corporations are actually um, shell companies for things like open source and other other companies like that. So we do see we do see quite a bit of that. And by the way, we do have sellers who are refusing to sell to those people. We do have sellers who,
0: if they if they really understand who they're who they're selling and, to, and but, yeah, then,
1: and honestly. Uh, we we had uh, one of our agents uh, last month. His buyer refused ten thousand dollars more. Than, and by the way, it was only like a three hundred thousand dollars sale, uh, house sale. It was in Fort Worth, and it was ten thousand dollars more. And my our agent's buyer, our agent so says, I'm not selling to anyone unless they're going to live here. He's like, this was my first home, and I want it to be somebody else's home. I don't want it to be a rental because. We're seeing addenda to these contracts that the HOA must allow rentals, because you know there was a build, there was there was a, a, a an investment company buying big blocks of properties, and um, to rent them out, and then they started running into the fact that some of the HOAs have a limit to how many properties in the neighborhood can be rented out, and they had to resell them, which honestly, <laughs> I felt was hilarious, but.
0: They didn't. Yeah. uh, Do you have a lot of HOA communities? Oh,
1: yeah. So in Houston, we don't have we don't have zoning laws. If I don't have an HOA, you can build a 7-Eleven or a strip joint or whatever it is you want next to me.
0: Oh, but if you're in an HOA, you're you're protected. That's kind of like a zoning bubble.
1: If if, If you're in a historic district or an HOA. You're you're pretty much protected, and we do have so we have tons of HOAs. Most everywhere you go, there's HOAs. It's, it's kind of difficult not to find. It's kind of difficult to find a property not in an HOA in the city. Um, if you go out, even in the suburbs, almost all the suburbs uh, are, have HOAs. You kind of have to go quite quite a bit far out to find one that's not in an HOA. Um, it can be found, and you know, but it's it's pretty difficult. We that's that's the only way we can actually kind of protect ourselves from what's being built around us. So now if you go into wow. North Texas, uh, they they also have HOAs, but um, you, you're more likely to find areas that don't have an HOA because they have zoning laws up there.
0: So you mentioned something earlier that I think um, I just want to touch on just because I think it's really important as people look for properties across the nation that they understand that, your HOA is either going to absorb the um, infrastructure costs to keep your streets, and you know, and you're going to see that in your HOA bill, or you're going to see it in your tax bill. Your the the uh, nobody uh, the government is not going to pay for roads anymore. They're not going to pay for lights anymore. It's like that that's an era that's going to go away. That you would actually see the city or the yeah, and, and people don't understand that. I think that's a there's a whole other conversation about HOAs to be had out there. So people people who are at HOA adverse have to understand how things get paid for. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, in Texas, um, HOA, normally HOAs aren't responsible for the streets or the sidewalks or anything like that. However, if it's a gated community, everything behind the gate. You're sorry. That's why people like, why is the HOA do so much more expensive behind that gate? And I was like, well, because if the, the city and county are. They that, own it. Uh, then mm-hmm. that goes back to the PID we were talking about, the Public Improvement District, I think it was. that's what, Yeah, the PID. Oh, ah, okay. That, so that's what we're starting to see more of, is that mm-hmm. that involves the HOA and that, that the developers pushing that off onto the buyers and kind of slipping that paperwork in there. At least that's what they were caught doing, is slipping that paperwork in there. So yeah, we are seeing more of that. Now, City of Houston and, and Dallas, what were there, yeah. The city and county will come in and take care of the roads and things like that. The nicer the neighborhood you are in, you're in, the more likely your roads will be taken care of sooner. <laughs> I can t- I can tell you there's I can tell you which roads which, where the nicest roads are in Houston. Um, but it, it really is it, there. It's moving towards um, uh, especially in the suburbs, the pits, where as those new developers come up, the developer is passing that cost on because the county and city aren't and. As far as our tax rate, I mean, for us, we don't have a state income tax. So in the city of Houston, oh, okay. if you're in the city, your tax rate 2.5. 2.5% a year. Now, when you get outside the city, we have what we call mud districts. Now, this is where they get their water from. So like in the city, you have city water. In the suburbs, you have mud districts. But where we have we have almost 200 and something, two, over 200 and something mud districts in, in Harris County. That means... All these all these subdivisions, a lot of many of them have their own mud districts. Well, that's taxed separately. So I've seen combined with their county tax and school tax, everything, I've seen tax rates total as high as four point one six six percent.
0: And what is that based on? We have ours is a is one percent, but it's based on the purchase price. So what is that? Oh, yes, what is that percent value. on? My
1: friend's mother sold her house that her parents bought in 1971. They sold. They gave it to her in 1978. She knocked down all but one wall in San Diego, and she sold it like three years ago for two million dollars. Although she was only being taxed on like a hundred ninety dollars the entire time. <laughs> so mm-hmm. our taxes are only allowed to go up ten percent. Our, our our let me clarify. Our taxable value. On owner occupied properties are only allowed to go up a max 10% per year. Guess what happened this year? All of them, all it went up 10%. Everybody went up at least 10% at 10%.
0: <laughs> because of your assessed values going so up.
1: So so assessed value. So we tax on the assessed value. And so the tax rate can okay. go up, the assessed value can go up a max of 10%. But if it is an investment property, there is no limit on how much they can assess the how high how much higher they can assess the value at. So Only like occupied, you're capped at ten percent per year. By the way, it's going to go up another ten percent. And by my phone has been rang off the hook when people started getting their their their, their taxes in or their uh, their assessed values in. How in the past, I'm happy to help them fight their taxes. And this year, I'm like everybody came to so us. I, I would quickly pull down. I was like, yeah, I I can't help you. I, I, as a matter of fact, if they want me to give them numbers, would- I'm going to make it worse for you.
0: I, I was just in a sign off and I said I used to help people fight the taxes uh the value because every house in Santa Cruz County, just about every house is completely different than the one next door. So a lazy assessor can't go that one sold for this because it there's no like kind. And so, you know, we were we were successful. And so this last sign off I was at, I was like, Yeah, don't call me, I can't help you. Because more than likely you could actually trigger something where they could find a recent sold and it could get worse. You know, know, that's how bad it's getting.
1: Texas is a non-disclosure state. We do not publish sales prices. The only way the tax Uh assessor finds out what you pay for your property is because you told them or your neighbor went to fight their taxes and their real estate agent gave them comps to justify and your house was listed there. (laughs) Now, I'm,
0: but wait, isn't it in the MLS
1: what it's sold? It is, but but our MLS, our MLS. So if you go to so I, the Houston Association of Realtors is actually the best MLS in the country. But and I swear by it. But when you go to our website and you look at sold properties, they only show you a price range. We legally cannot publish the sales price. Hey.
0: Mind blown. That's insane.
1: So, it, And you will get a card in the mail from your county tax assessor when you buy your house. And that's, was it the neighborhood? Did you like, this? was it, the what was it about? Oh, and what did you pay? We always say, please don't fill that out. Please don't. Oh, no. One of my clients bought a house for $1.2 million a couple of years ago, but the assessed value was $690,000. And all the homes around him were assessed high like that were assessed over $1 million. He's like, why is this lower? says, uh, don't look a gift towards the mouth, but don't count on. His yeah. Away.
0: Just <laughs> keep, keep walking. So keep walking. House,
1: it may be good like that for a year or two, but they will catch up with you. Um, but yeah, so we, we are a non-disclosure state, so we do not publish sales prices.
0: How did the appraisers do it? What's the appraisal process? So,
1: appraisers have access to our MLS. Um, And, you know, they can can go into, a lot of times if they can't find anything, they will literally go on the tax record to see what the county tax assessor guesses the price is. Um, But the appraisers have access, have access to, most of our appraisers have access to the MLS. But I will say, my home county where I grew up, the county tax assessor is a member of the MLS. Oh. When I found that out, I I was was a little ticked (laughs) off, but I was a little, I was like, for him <laughs> i like someone thinking outside the box
0: <laughs> there's some moxie there wow you know um so i've i've interviewed new jersey new york florida idaho washington and i i think a, i think somebody from oregon but anyway i've interviewed everybody but i have i have to say texas you guys you really are. Uh, you're rogue. You're super rogue. Well, I will say. Pretty crazy. I,
1: I, so I love, I've been doing this since 2006, and I loved it. And I, I especially, although I grew up in North Texas, I love Houston. Listen, we have over 400 miles of hiking and biking trails, 21 museums, and that does not include the art car museum. And yes, that's the thing. You should come to our art car parade. The Museum of Oddities. <laughs> And the Hubcat Museum. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And to give you an idea, because I'm on my bike also, uh, next month I am going on a bike ride. It's all about Prince. It's gonna be a oh, nice really? bike ride, all about Prince music. Everybody oh. wears from, Like we, we are on our bikes a lot. And not, and we're not on our bikes as much as other cities, but we tend to make a thing out of it when we do. So we it's it, so yeah, I'm doing a prince bike ride. There's a, there, we try to make it a theme and a lot of these are guided tour rides as well. So we have people who will lead. We have people who keep equipment in case someone breaks down. And then we have sweepers that, at the end. So if we're all going through light, everybody gets to the light together, no matter how big, how, how big the, the ride is. And by the way, I've been ride where there are over 400, 500 people riding. So, oh my gosh, how fun. But yeah, it's, it's a great city to live in and... Is it difficult to buy a home here right now? As far as if you're a buyer, you just have to be prepared. And you have to think outside the box. We we sat down at a round table last year with uh 40 odd agents around the country. What can we all do to make our buyers offer more desirable? I will walk through that house. If I see your diploma on the wall, we're gonna we're gonna mention that school in, in our offer. We're gonna talk about. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna do yeah. we're gonna do, we're gonna make that connection the best we can. I will send a pizza. You know whatever your mascot was at your school. I'm going to send you. I will send you a stuffed animal. <laughs> but you have you have to make that connection. But what I will say that what has changed over the past couple of years, and, and part of it is due to COVID and pricing. People are buying houses, not on necessarily all the space they feel like they want. They're now they're more more of my buyers are buying houses on the lifestyle they want to live. It's made a big difference. Yeah. It's made a big difference. I-
0: You know, it's interesting because you and I have been a bit bit business the same amount of time. I wonder if we just kind of graduated to that because I tell people, look, what you've described to me, this house that you like is not going to fit that your ideal of the life that you want to live. But I also have people make a list of what they want and then tell them, be prepared to give up a few things. So think about a couple of those. You're ready to just give up. Right now because you are not going to get it all here it's you know it's space it's location it's it's near traffic or it's not close to your job good schools i mean whatever it is but make sure that you're really super clear about what you've got to have because you're going to have to give up a few things well, i
1: would say my generation i'm gen x i'm 50 um and the, and the generation <laughs> me too the generation before us um it was it seemed like it was more about the things they wanted in the house, and how the size of the house. My younger buyers, they're not they're they're coming they're they're more telling me where they want to live, and they're more telling me the lifestyle they want. And even my even my Gen buyers right. now who are who are you know settling their lives and like the kids are gone or whatever it is, they're also doing the thing, I you know let me have the lifestyle I want, and they're crowding more into the city. To ha- so they can be close to everything. You know, listen, yeah. I, I'm just, they're, they're, they're helping their kids get to school and do things like that. But they're also like, I'm going to make sure they don't need to, they want to come home. <laughs> oh. i like, let me get them to school. Let you know, my mother would be happy if I moved home right now. I'm oh, not going to happen, but I'm just saying <laughs> they're, they they see, they see that, you know, they, they may have made their kids a little too comfortable. My sister was guilty of that with her son, made a little bit too comfortable. And they're like, you know, let me make sure and I know they need to have their own life ready to go. We'll have a little bit of room, but not enough to make them comfortable. But they're choosing, they're starting to choose themselves and what they want, which I, I find completely refreshing. Like it, it really is, a, a it's a different way to buy a house for them than what they grew up with. because. Back in the day it was like, is it the school? How big is the house? The neighborhood. Now they're like, what where is this in relation to where I want to be? You know, how far am I? What I want to do. And they're realizing that they're they, they're realizing the time in their car they don't get back. So mm-hmm. and you and I are in our car all the time. Totally. So we never get it back.
0: Yeah. I I have a a little bit of an expensive car. But I pay for it because I need to be comfortable. Because yeah, I'm on I my fourth hybrid. <laughs> and, and listen,
1: I'm right now. Wait, high.
0: you don't have hybrids in Texas? No way. I do,
1: and I'm in an oil and gas city. By the way, that's the other thing. People think Houston's all oil and gas. Do you know that's number six on our economy? Healthcare's is number one. Oil and gas what do you mean number that, oh. six? When it comes to jobs, oh. healthcare is number one in Houston. So people come here and they're like wow. a hole in gas. and gas. By the way, my clients are in oil the gas. They don't care that I drive a hybrid. So, yeah. yeah. And listen, <laughs> I don't care if they drive an F three <laughs> fifty because that's what I grew up with with my family.
0: <laughs> what did I grow up with? Chevy, Chevy, Chevys, Chevy trucks. Um, my family was
1: all Ford, but. But no, I I, I drive oh. a hybrid. I this year I did upgrade to an SUV hybrid because I'm like, how long am I going to make it a hybrid with another flood? I've been very lucky. <laughs> but that's the other thing.
0: Oh, just send your flood to us. You know we need a flood. I've only
1: had three clients ever flood, and all three were in Harvey. When I was up
0: Is Harvey, that a place that floods I, a lot?
1: No, Harvey was the storm that flooded Houston. We got 60 inches of rain. That oh. was our last Sorry. Big, Sorry. big flood. Yeah. So, but when I was growing up, when I was a kid, so I'm very, I'm very, um, I pay very close attention to not just what FEMA says the flood zones are, because I only draw those seven to 10 years, but you need to see what's being built. Instead of building a high rise. That's a lot of cement going into the ground and a lot less mm-hmm. place for the water to go. So as we're going through these neighborhoods, I, that's kind of what I look for. But, and I was like, tell my mother's like, yeah. Cause you know, after each flood, I, ca- I start calling all my clients and be like, all right, are you okay? And Harvey, only three of my clients ever flooded. And I just talked to my mother about it. And I was like, I don't know why my clients ever flooded. I I mean, I pay attention. and She's like, when you were seven, our hometown flooded, the elephant got stuck in the tree and almost probably a good half the kids you went to grade school with lost everything. Just don't you think that was a little traumatic? And I think about it, it's like, because I really do pay real close attention. I am constantly looking at what are they building? one of the things we are doing to to combat that is that our bayous, uh, by the way, our parks and bayous, are, they're designed to flood. Every park we have is designed to flood on purpose. Mm-hmm. They, they built it that way. Um, but we're digging the bayous deeper and wider to make sure if we ever have a storm like that again, fewer people flood. So we are really working and spending the money to uh, hopefully make sure that fewer people flood next time. So. But yeah, Mm
0: -hmm. we've, we've had a flood, earthquake, fire, tsunami. We're just like a smorgasbord of disaster here. Okay. But I think we'd be happy with a flood. I know. Come here. You can have it all. (laughs) Well, I I really want to thank you uh, for today. And, um, I, yeah. I, you know, I, I love my podcast so much because I learned so much. It's like I get to go to class, you know, every couple of weeks and just talk to people about their markets or what they've experienced. And I think you gave a great primer on what it's like to buy in Texas, but also all the little nuances that are completely foreign to us for California. so I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I hype that because I think people moving there could really use some of the information that you outlined here. So I really, really appreciate it. Oh,
1: my pleasure. And by the way, it's not the prettiest city in Texas. And I can say this, but we're the friendliest. Oh, oh. we are the friendliest city in Texas.
0: And then just a uh, quick where to find you, and then we'll be putting your information in the show notes. But sure. um, how does somebody okay. find or you if they, they want Google to buy Leslie it? Don Wilson, Houston.
1: Or you can go to Houston Real Estate Boss.com or Houston Re Boss.com or Texas Pride Realty.com. I can list a whole other bunch of websites. <laughs> okay. kind of go to the same place.
0: I like the Houston Boss one. Yeah, yeah Houston okay. Real
1: Estate Boss. Um, that, and um, I honestly, I am I love answering questions. Um, Especially people who are from other states who have this idea of what Houston or Texas is about in their head, and honestly, it, it, it is probably not what you think it is. You'll be so surprised at how, especially Houston, like the diversity is unbelievable. I can go to a restaurant and hear five different languages being spoken around me. I don't understand any one of them, but <laughs> I can. Although I am, I am going to learn Spanish this year because I went to Mexico City last week and. I had the best time and I just feel like I need to learn Spanish now. So, and by the way, I need that I because you know, we have a large Hispanic population. It would be helpful for me.
0: Uh, it'd be good for us here too. Well, thank you very, very Thanks. much. Thank
1: you. I appreciate it.
0: Hey, it's the realtor lady, Michelle Replogel. Is there a subject you would like me to explore in real estate or maybe about Santa Cruz? feel free to contact me. I'd love to hear from you. Or if you'd like me to help you buy or sell real estate, that's also something that I do. You can contact me on Instagram, Live the Santa Cruz Life, or on my website, michellesellsforyou.com. That's with one L. My Facebook page, Live the Santa Cruz Life as well. Or check out my YouTube channel, Live the Santa Cruz Life with Michelle Rupp Logal. And my email, michelle at michellesellsforyou.com. I would love to hear from you.